This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. See you later. Hello, good evening and welcome to my Wednesday, um, the spin-off Sheffield Wednesday podcast from the Wednesday week where we get to talk to uh, fans of the uh, the football club, of fans of Sheffield Wednesday um, and get to see and hear some of their insight um, into what has made them uh, fans of the club. My name is Stevie, um, you'll have heard me from the regular podcast and um, with me tonight I have a very special guest. Um, Obviously, it's a bit. We've talked about it off air. It's a, it's a little bit of an awkward one. The reason that this is a very special guest for me is that I'm actually going to introduce you to my sister, um, and I'm going to do my Wednesday with my sister Steph. Hi, Steph. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Not bad at all. Still, yeah, still losing from a few weeks ago. So yeah, good. <laughs> good. Yeah. Before we go any further, I thought it'd be important. We're gonna, we're gonna timestamp tonight. Um, we're recording this evening on Monday, the twelfth of June. Um, we do have a backlog, and we've we've fallen foul of um, one or two of these going out a little bit out of sync. So people in in some of the earlier ones have been celebrating, getting promotion, and winning winning the league at Canter. Um, some of us have talked about the the falling off a cliff uh, on some of the earlier ones. So we we, we do make a habit of uh, time stamping them. Thankfully, uh, we are in the close season now, and we're a couple of weeks away from um, having. The, the the miracle of Hillsborough, if you like, winning five uh, one at Peterborough, and then subsequently going on and um, winning down at Wembley, um, and no doubt we'll speak about that before we get to uh, to the end of the show. But um, we're going to try and we're going to try and get through this without us talking about us and our memories. Um, and I'm going to treat my sister as one of the uh, just a, a random guest and a a, 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 a listener to the podcast. So 
I'm going to hand straight over to you, Steph. Talk to us about um, why Sheffield Wednesday, where it all began, and why we are, or you are, a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Okay, yeah. Right, so in actual fact, as you know, we shouldn't really be Wednesday fans. Sort of growing up where we grew up, and actually, I actually sort of Googled this, the distance from Bramall Lane, and it, it's 0.4 miles. So, as you know, we, you, you're literally out of our front door on Shara Lane, straight down, just keep going, and you, you arrive at Bramall Lane. Um, so, bang to rise, we should be United fans. Um, and there weren't many Wednesday fans growing up around Shara, sort of, sort of back in the in the sort of mid eighties, um, but obviously close family friend, sort of father figure, Malk was a crazy, mad Wednesday fan. So spend a lot of time with him, sort of kicking the ball around in the backyard, going down to um, Millhouse's park. He'd take us sometimes, or Adventure Playground, just down the road. Um, and yeah, I think it got to the point where we'd you know he'd go out in the car and be listening to praise or grumble. On a Saturday afternoon, or the or the live commentary, and it was just that really that 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 sort of hook. It got to the point where on a Saturday afternoon, he'd be listening to the radio, the sort of commentary, he'd be flicking between the local sort of games on radio Sheffield, and he'd be throwing a ball at me, and I'd be sort of pretending to be the goalkeeper, and you know, underneath the dining room table, and that's getting shouted at by mum occasionally for playing football in the house as, as we did. But but yeah, and it got to the point where he just sort of said, or I think after after I'd pestered and pestered. Um, he, he, he took me to Hillsborough one day and at that point it was just um, me and Malk because obviously you were a mad crazy Liverpool fan at that point <laughs> uh, well you were weren't you let's be honest you were um, yeah I've told this story before it was arguments fist fights who was the better team um, and that went on for, for I, don't, I don't even know in terms of time scale back then when, you, when you're sort of seven or eight I, I've kind of lost the the thread of how you know how long it was between me going for the first time and then you coming. And your first game was when Liverpool came to Hillsborough, um, so I don't really know that, but I can remember being sat on the south stand, quite different to what it is now, um, for the very first game. And it was it was an it was nil nil up to, it must have been the last five 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 or six minutes or something. I remember I remember obviously us scoring. I can't even remember who it, who it was against. I've got this vague recollection in, in my mind that it might have been Luton or Leicester or somebody like that. And we scored quite late on. I remember, I remember Malk saying, I thought you weren't going to see a goal for your, for your first game. And obviously I did. And that was it. I was just absolutely hooked. Um, and the Saturday afternoon thing was either, you know, he'd, he'd take me to the game or, or we'd be sort of listening to it on the radio. Um, and it was never going to be United after that. It was always going to be Wednesday after that. Um caused a lot of lot of sort of problems amongst the friendship peer group being one of only a, you know a handful of Wednesday fans growing up around Sharrow. Um but yeah stuck to my guns and resisted. <laughs> yeah I've got these random recollections like you like you have when you you know we talk about being in the kitchen in the, or, the, or the back room as it was and I totally forgot about playing football in the back and using the table as a goal. But we used to have the kitchen the kitchen door. And if you remember, there'd be days where he'd be in and get to Saturday lunchtime and then he'd disappear for like three, four hours. Yeah. And we had we were too young to understand where he where we were going and what we're going on. Yeah. And then he'd come back at sort of five thirty, six o'clock, um, and he'd hang his coat on the door and he'd have a programme rolled up in his in his coat pocket. Yeah. And that was it. And I, me being me, because I'm a bit of a geek, you get the programme out and it'd be 
right, what's this? And he'd talk you through it and he'd explain, right, this is where I've been this afternoon sort of thing. Um, but like you said, too young to have any sort of frame of reference or real understanding about what, what that meant and where he was going and what was going on. But I just got obsessed with, you know, the stats pages. So you'd look yeah. at uh, every week it'd be another starting 11 plus your two subs and they'd all go under the numbers so you'd have the the, the goalkeeper would obviously be under number one you'd look at the ages and you'd look at how many games he'd played that season and mm. career games and so forth and I just got transfixed with that sort of thing so my sort of first in if you like getting into it all and that that sort of match day experience and the, you're right you know I fell in love with football because I listened to Liverpool in 1986 cup final going to a swimming gala um, and that was my first sort of exposure because our parents were big football fans. Dad, dad weren't a footballer, he were a boxer. Um, and, you know, he, he wasn't bothered about taking us to football or anything like that. And so when Malcolm turned up and we had that sort of initial experience, it was absolutely mind-blowing. So, yeah, it was the hook. And obviously you've gone direct and gone right because I can remember you had, not wanting to take away from obviously your story, but that first sort of kit that you got, and I can remember you being on the school playground in that kit. Can you remember that? <laughs> yeah. I think it was the Finlook TV video kit, that sort of big, thick, blue and white. You know, you see a lot of the sort of replica retro um, remakes of, of that sort of shirt nowadays. But, yeah, that was that was my first um, Wednesday shirt. And then I remember the, the following one was the thinner pinstriped blue one, um, the following because it wasn't every season in those days. Every, obviously, nowadays, you get a new kit every season. It was like every couple of seasons or it alternated with home and away. Um, so, yeah, I remember, I remember wearing, wearing that shirt to absolute death, um, <laughs> day in, day out, more or less. Yeah. yeah. And, I'd, yeah. I'd, and I think, I think yeah, quite early on, I'd, I'd kind of got a, a bit of an uh, affinity to, you know, one or two different players. It was Lee Chapman, absolute hero, and Martin Hodge. And obviously, back in those days, no social media. There's no real way of sort of connecting with the with the the players as a fan. Um, and I remember, I don't know how I did it, but I found out when Martin Hodges' birthday was. And I remember sending him a, a birthday card, and he got me. He, he sent me in return a signed little sort of postcard picture of him. And it just, I just stuck it randomly on my bedroom wall, and it just stayed there for years. Um, and that was it in those days, wasn't it? You, you had to literally put pen to paper and post it to, to sort of have any sort of association with um, the players back in those days. It just didn't happen, did it, really? No, it didn't. You know, you're absolutely right. Now, you've, you've, you've gone to a couple there, sort of Chapman and Hodge. Were there any others that sort of stuck out, um, you know, big players, that you know, those characters from those early days? Yeah, early on, probably somebody like Mel Sterland, um, Brian Marwood, Siggy Onsen, that type of sort of era. Um, although Malcolm used to give Brian Moore with some right stick. Every time <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Yeah. Um, and then obviously sort of maybe moving forward a, a little bit sort of later on, um, you know, you, you sort of Worthington's, Kings, obviously David Hurst, you know, absolute Wednesday legend. And then Daly and Atkinson, those types of players. But but for me, if I look back over, over sort of time from when I first started watching to now, it's always been sort of Martin Hodge, um, Lee Chapman, and then you know you. A lot of people talk about the Italians, but I loved them. Don't get me wrong, I loved watching them. They were flair players, but for me, nobody will outdo Chris Waddle for me. Just, just an absolute legend. It's just, just a, used to love watching him. Um, 
it just used to make everything look so simple, but so difficult in terms of getting the ball off him and things like that. Did the same thing over and over again and defenders always fell for it. I could never really get my head around that. Um, just a quality, quality player. Yeah. So you, you we're skipping forwards a little bit from that sort of era of, you know, the Howard Wilkinson, useless sort of era of going through into Atkinson coming in. Yeah. Um, and then Trevor Francis sort of era that, that obviously we, we we went down and bounced back up sort of 91, won the yeah. cup. Can, we were there. Have you got any sort of memories of, of that day being being there in 91? We were still quite young, weren't we? But Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember we got the, I'm sure we got on a coach from somewhere in Chapel Town, Ecclesfield, a pub. Um, I think, I think that was 91 um, and got the coach down. I remember being like really, really excited. I remember being quite overwhelmed, really, um, at the size of, of, you know, the number of people there, the size, the crowd. I don't quite think I'd, I'd really, you know, been prepared for how loud it was going to be, how busy it was going to be, but at the same time, just absolutely lapped it up. I remember feeling really, really, really nervous. Um, and then obviously we got the goal, Sheridan got the goal, didn't he? And, yeah, I just remember thinking... This is unbelievable. Where you know at that at that age, thinking we're going to be the best team in the world now, and just thinking we're going to you know we're going to, we're going to move on from this and be the best. You know, little did I know what was to come. But yeah, we had you know on 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 the back of that that that, that was a bit of a springboard for a, a good couple of years, wasn't it? And I think you know being the age that we are now and looking back, I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking I still sort of really associate Sheffield Wednesday with being, and it's daft really because we're not a Premiership team. And, you know, we've not, we've never really, you know, for, for a number of years, we've not been a top tier team, have we? But in my head, we, you know, we slid, we slid down and went back up and then we went down eventually again and things just went to part. But in my head, I always thought we'll come back and then we'll be a well-established top tier team. And it's, it's just never, well, it's never really happened, has it? Um, but I still, I've still got this. And I, I think a lot of Wednesday nights of our sort of age and, and era, um, that lived through those times probably have the same mindset that we're not actually really a third tier team or even a second tier team. We're, a, we're or a club, should I say? There's a difference, isn't there, between a club and a team? Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully one day we will be. Hopefully in the near future, you know, hopefully we're on our way back to to being that. Um, but it's been a painful couple of decades, hasn't it? <laughs> Twenty-three years. <laughs> I think the thing for me, and I've thought about this as well, I think the thing that's done is, is I can remember sitting at the front of the cop the year we went down. I think it was Forest beaters three, and then yeah. Stuart Pierce scored a free kick and that sent us down. And then we've bounced straight back and we've won a cup on the way by beating Man United, which by right is pretty much the biggest team in the country at the time. Um, so it was almost like a a buffer, if you like. The next time we went down, it was almost as if to say, well, we'll be down for a year or two, but we've mm. done it before and it's unfortunate, but then we'll come back and then we'll we'll, we'll re-establish ourselves because we went up, we finished third, we finished seventh, got to two cup finals and in my mind, it was very much right. You know, it's just a little bit of a blip, but that blip's now yeah. gone on for as long as it has. Um, this is it. And we've never actually managed to get back in there, have we? And that, that that's the worry that, you know, I've, I've sort of carried with us and obviously, I know, we know, because we go to the games together, what we think about, you know, being a, being a Wednesday fan and, and, and our hopes for the team and the club. And we've, we've pretty much gone through it at various stages and forms as a 
as a pair um, yeah. for, for, for a lot of that time. Things and circumstances in our family situations have dictated that now we're a little bit older. Um, we get to spend more time with our kids going through. And yeah. again, not to steal uh, your thunder, because we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while. Uh, but that blip has sort of, it's lasted a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And to be honest, I didn't expect it to, I'll be, I'll be really honest. And, and, you know, you meet people and work colleagues and things like that that might be sort of in the in the 20s, late 20s and what have you. And you, think, you know, they're mad Wednesday night season ticket holders. And you think, what, you've never seen us play in the top league. And, and they really are and you just feel sorry for them, don't you? Really, in a way. Well, we've had we, we've had we've we've had Ben on the podcast as, as one of the hosts for for sort of three four years, and he's twenty one, twenty two ish. Um, he was born the year we went down, and he's right. as as big a Wednesday as you'll ever meet. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we we've had two years of talking about being on, you know, him being on the pod and the his his glory days and his glory eras of players like. I don't know, Paul McLaren and Lee Peacock are, the, you know, his, his go-to guys. And we're sitting here now talking about, um, you know, De Canio, Carboni, Waddle, yeah. Hurst, and seeing us get to Wembley, winning cup finals yeah. and, and getting into the Premier League. You know, we, we're of a certain era and a certain sort of vintage where we've we've actually been spoiled, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, seen different phases as well in terms of everything, you know, the, the ground even. I mean, I remember, I don't know which game it might have been, Peter McGraham were walking towards the south stand I remember seeing remember the club shop was there and it was like this little walkway wasn't it just this little room yeah. when you yeah. cast your mind back to where things were and, I, and when we went we, we went took Sebastian down to uh, well obviously we took Molly down as well didn't we to have the photograph taken with the trophy last week yeah. and uh, I stood in the shop just looking around while we were queuing to take a picture and I said I said to Michelle Can you when this this shop used to be on two floors it's totally random yeah, it's just just all the time you see a lot of change, don't you? But you, you know, you you your sort of love and passion for the club just stays the same, really, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Um, okay, um, so we've we've gone through a little bit so far on you, you know your sort of fandom, and one of the reasons that I wanted to, and I've gone to the lads and and, and Holly and, and Vic and sort of said I'd I'd love to get my sister on the podcast and just do a little bit. Um, you're actually in rare company in the, the the sense that you've actually played for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, you were, you, you, it's no great secret to those that know us, you're the better football out of the pair of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, and we, we, we played for similar clubs in terms of uh, Hansworth and Sheffield FC, we both, yeah, both yeah. involved at that sort of level, but you've actually pulled on the blue and white, haven't you? I have, yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I mean, this is it's crazy, isn't it, really, when you think about it? I kind of, now I take it for granted, but I would, when you think about it, you know, I go back to when Malt used to take us down to Millhouses Park and down to the pitch at, um, at the Adventure Playground. I remember not thinking that there were any girls, to, and it wasn't a possibility to play in a girls' team, but I still used to say to him, I want to play for Sheffield Wednesday. And it was just this naive comment that I just used to make over and over again. I want to play for Sheffield Wednesday. And it kind of, He's just to brush it off. And then one day he came home and just went, do you want to go, do you want to go and play for a team? And I was like, well, well, yeah. He's like, well, Steve is, Steve is team. Hansworth have, have got a, a team starting on a Saturday in a girls league. So anyway, I went along, um, loved it. Was the only girl in that team. Um, was one of only two girls in the whole league for that first season. And then the second season, I was the only girl in that, um, in that league. So I'd have been like 11, 12 played for two seasons, then had to stop 
because the the sort of FA rules in those days where you could play up until I think it was like 12 or 13 years old and then you couldn't play anymore, not in a mixed league. So I had to stop. Um, so I was probably not playing for, I don't know, it, it seemed like a long time, but I bet it wasn't much more than about a year. Um, and then lo and behold, Malt discovered, I don't know if you found Reddit in the green and you know, or the Sheffield Star, Sheffield Wednesday ladies, there's a, there's a ladies team. Anyway, I went along um, and there was all, already a fairly well-established first team with some real quality players, you know, some of which kind of went on and had really good careers with England. You know, we tended to lose, if I'm honest, we tended to lose the really, really top players to Doncaster Bells, who were not only local rivals, but were um, the team. You know, you think of the think of the Chelsea's at the minute, the dominant force in women's football, although there's a few creeping a bit closer. It's got more, much more competitive. In those days, it was, it was Donny Bells and, you know, Arsenal was sort of up and coming. Um, so yeah, so you know, went along. I was I was kind of under fourteens, played for the under fourteens, and then gradually over time, sort of worked my way into the reserves when I was like probably about fifteen. So I was playing under fourteen. So I was, sorry, I was playing under fourteens on the Saturday, and then also started playing for the reserves on the um, on the Sunday. So I was playing both both days, and then as I got too old for the fourteens, there was the sixteens that I played for for a couple of years. So I was I was consistently playing for for sort of two teams. Um, Saturday and Sunday, um, and I remember, I remember me, me sort of I think it would have been my debut for the the reserve. They were in a cup final. Don't, I can't remember where it was. I just remember it being a drive away. Um, summer holidays that I was doing my exams, so it, I think I must have just gone on study leave. First weekend after going on study leave, um, and we were I don't know if we were one all. Anyway, I, I, I got subbed on late on. Put me up front. No idea why you put me up front. <laughs> But ball got played through. I ran onto it, and obviously, you know, I'm not the fastest player, so I so I thought I'm going to I'm just going to catch me. I'm going to hit this. So I just hit it, and it went in. So I scored the, sort of the winning goal on my on my debut in a cup final. That was it. Then I just I'm really, um, I didn't really I never really looked back um, since then. Soon after, sort of established myself in the first team, centre back, um, and yeah, sort of didn't really look back from there. Became a, a, a consistent first team player. Um, for Wednesday, which we were, we were sort of training at Middlewood Road, um, facilities then weren't you know anything like what they what they are now. Um, we got we got some backing from the club, but it tended to be in those days more token gestures. So, for example, use of the the training facilities, we got hand me down kits. Um, we got initially in those early days, we got tickets for games as well, which was massive bonus to me. Um, so yeah, so it was you know I was, I was yeah I suppose I was living the dream really, um, playing for my team we were, we were doing well at the time, learning a lot from you know some of those girls were a lot lot older than me, so yeah it was it was tough at times but it was massively rewarding at the same time. Brilliant and obviously as you said you're we're, we're taking that to the sort of the, the mid nineties there aren't we um, really in terms of the sort of time scale. Um, yeah. Swinging it back to the men's sort of thing, um, what was it like being a, a Wednesday fan um, in that era? I know we've touched on it in terms of the the, the glory days of the early 90s and, and, and so forth and some of the players that we've talked about. When we got to that sort of era, did you see as, an, as a, a sort of an established Premiership team or Premier League team? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think you took things for granted? Absolutely. I didn't I didn't really know much different by that point. It was sort of season after you'd go to Hillsborough. I remember sitting on that, you know, that corner bit where there's no seats anymore, but it's just blue where like when it, when there's big games, they'll put a band up there or whatever. 
I remember yeah. sitting on in that corner of it, watching Wednesday play Man U, and, they, and I kid you not, they couldn't have been a spare seat in the ground, which is why I ended up there, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I never thought we'd, we'd slide down the leagues like we did. It, we were one of the dominant forces. You know, there was talk of David Erse going to Man U. These, these top, top teams sniffing around our place. It was just the norm, wasn't it? It was yeah. just the norm. I remember going training once with, with the girls and I don't know if you remember, I can't remember the year, but obviously Wednesday was sponsored by Puma King and you go in the shop and everything was Puma King. Um, but do you remember the advert that they did? where they'd, they'd, they'd been filming it. And I remember there was just all this paraphernalia, all this Puma stuff just left littered around where they'd, they'd been filming the the advert, the Puma King advert uh, at the training ground. And, it, you know, that's the... You couldn't dream of that now, really, could you? It's You know, we were one yeah. of those top teams, really. We've, we've, we've gone from Puma King and Puma filming adverts at our, our ground and our training ground to being sponsored by a company that nobody knows about with a flat cap on shirt and D taxis that nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> nobody's yeah. ever seen one. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, at that point, it did look, it did really look like we were, you know, one of the top teams, a team to be really sort of reckoned with, didn't it? I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've, we've we've gone from those sort of halcyon glory days of the nineties. We've we've suffered the the relegation sort of two thousand ish. At that, following that sort of period, we, we we've gone into a a sort of an extended run that we're still struggling to get out of. Um, tough one, this one. How? At what point did you think this is the lowest? What's the lowest point that we've ever had? Do you reckon in this sort of era? I tell you when I felt I felt really low when when we got relegated actually a couple of years ago. I don't know if I'd say it's the lowest era, but but it's something that sticks to mind. Where you know it was it was COVID, wasn't it? You know the, there wasn't the crowd. I mean, we saw firsthand the effect of the crowd on you know what it can do to a team. You talk about being four 0 down and the crowd. You know that night the crowd understood the assignment, didn't they? There was no two ways about it. You put that game in a COVID era, it doesn't end up. 5-1, does it? It's, it's it's really that simple. So that, yeah. that may have affected it. I probably didn't recognise that at the time. But it was it was a split second where there was those sort of two things going on at the same time where we gave away a penalty and the, and the goal went in in a different game and that was it. That was us. That was us done, wasn't it? That was us relegated. And I just thought, no, we, you know, we, we're a few years away from being a Nats whisker away from going the other way. You know, 2016, weren't that long ago, were it? No. You think about it, the grand scheme of things, and we got to the playoffs the following year. We'd got beaten on penalties by Huddersfield, um, and you just—I was just thinking then. We've—I we've, was disappointed at the time, the 2016 final. But I thought we would bounce back. I thought we were going to be a team which will strengthen it and will come good. And and we went the other way. Um, and I just at the time thought, well, that, how long are we going to be back down in in this league now? It's going to be years, if ever, till we start pushing to go the other way. Um, but and then we went and got season tickets. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, these, these two two things I'm going to pull out. First of all, I, 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 I want to go back to that because um, that, that sort of the disappointment at going down and the circumstances around not being able to sort of capitalise on the getting to the final in 2016, and we fell short the year after, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, all of this has come under Chan series watch, and I'm, I'm curious to know. 
what you make of the Chancery era. Um, as I said, it's it's Monday the 12th of June tonight. We've had sort of private conversations about our disappointment and frustration, if you like, in terms of the, the, the cost of a season ticket nowadays. And privately, as we've, we've been speaking this evening, they've just announced that the um, the shirts are going to be released this week and they're charging 65 quid for, for, for a Wednesday shirt, um, which isn't necessarily in keeping with the, the, the cost of living um, climate that we have at the moment necessarily. Um, and we could do an entire podcast on whether or not we think his pricing strategy and his marketing strategy is right or wrong. I just, as, as, a, as a fan of the club, how do you feel about um, Chancery? A, in terms of what he's done, in terms of the the, the, the die that he's, or the dice that he's rolled, um, and B, what we're, as, as fans, sort of coming out of it the other way, what we've had to endure as a result of that. It's got one that into it because I, I feel like I don't know enough about his marketing strategy and all the rest of it. What I would want from him is a bit more transparency and every now and again you do get you know him coming out and making statements i'd want to know i'd want to know the justification for putting the season tickets up by a couple of hundred quid because i think you know you, you look two weeks ago today there were forty four thousand wednesday fans bending over backwards to make the way down to, to you know down to london to support their their team some of those i know there's been a lot said about this on twitter but some of those fans are not being too many games this season that's fair enough i'm not one of these people that starts berating people if they can't go week in, week out. I completely get that. But is there a trick being missed by putting the prices so high? Is the is the you know the average fan that had been teaching on the edge of, oh, I might get a season ticket after going and seeing that, the euphoria? I think they might have missed a trick there. But then on the other hand, the, the other side, we aren't sort of sitting on the fence too much. The flip side of that coin is, if he knows something that we don't and, he, and he's done the math and this needs to happen for us, then, then yeah, I get that, but share that with us. You know, share it completely or share as much as you can. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm on the same page as you with it. I understand why he's done what he's done. I get it. I don't agree with it. Um, and the reason that I don't agree with it is your first point. You know, there must have been some sort of... They must have looked at a, a projection where we've got 44,000 people that are going to pay a certain amount of money um, we're never going to get 44,000 people through the door, by the way, because we can't get that many in, in, in yeah. anyway. And as you said, uh, we're not in a situation where we're going to get that many people turning up day in, day out to come and watch us um, playing on a Tuesday night when we've got, I don't know, Plymouth, Ipswich, Stoke coming in, you know, midweek or we're, you know, we're playing somebody who's struggling down the bottom of the league. It's just not a, a, a it's not an inviting sort of prospect, is it? So that's a, that that's a cold hard facts around it. But if we could get to a point where we could get 30,000 people through the door at a certain price, then what's he thinking? Um, is the flip side of that, that they've looked at projections and gone, we're going to have to stick at this price because we're not going to get 30,000 people through the door. And that's not saying that fans are fair weather or anything like that, but he's looking at the reality. Um, and from a business model, we've got to get, you know, 24, 25. That's the price we've got to pay to balance the books. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I wonder if that's that's where we are with it. Mm, there's a tipping point, and it, and it, it can only be that because I mean, them prices they daft, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Not a um, I, I, we'll I've said to you, and if we yeah. if we go up, I'll I'll not care. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've said to you, the, I'll, I'll be getting a season ticket by Uncle by Crook, and I'm probably going to sell one of the twins to do it. And seeing as Molly comes. 
Um, it'll be Olivia that'll be on yeah. eBay, eBay this time next week. <laughs> um, yeah. So match days, we, we've talked a little bit about what it was like as kids. We've talked about sort of going in the, 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 the early 90s, the mid 90s. We've talked about the Premier League era. Things have changed a little bit um, life-wise, haven't they? We're, we're, we're a little bit older. What does a match day look like for you now? Start to finish, getting up on a Saturday morning, getting yourself down. What's it look like? So, for me, obviously, Sebastian sits with me, as you know. Um, he's, he does a drama club, a sort of acting club, on a, on a Saturday morning. So, it's now part of the routine that he goes there. Um, finishes at 10 past one, that's up at Meadowhead School. So, we basically just shoot down from there and try and get as close to the ground um, as we can. Um, sort of buzz you on the way, see where you are, whether you've gone for a bite to eat or whether you're fan zone or whether you're going straight into the ground, um, meet you generally have a chat, kids get on, play, and then it's and then it's down to serious business, isn't it, of, of getting into... I'm not one of those that goes in, as you well know, and sits sits in my seat for an hour before. Um, very rarely do I get there much before, as into my seat, much before the kick-off. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know whether it's I don't want the nerves. But as soon as, you, as soon as you sort of enter and sort of going down the, you know, the steps to your chair, that's when it hits me a little bit, and I do get a little bit... I always get nervous, if I'm honest. Um, I don't know. It's a powerful thing, isn't it? I think walking into even even now after so many years and 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 doing it so many times, I still do get nervous and I still do get a buzz and excitement. It's it really is a feeling that you can't really not put into words. But there's nothing else that affects me like that, really. Um, Sebastian's kind of getting there with it. Um, he enjoys coming. Um, he's really enjoyed. He, he absolutely loved being at Wembley. He loved it. He's, he's got more and more into it. He's got more and more into watching clips on Twitter that I've been showing him, watching different goals and stuff. Um, last season it was a bit of a struggle with him. He enjoyed it for about ten or fifteen minutes, and then it was kind of my iPad, you know, that sort of stuff. But he's, he's 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 far more hooked on it now. So it's it's more enjoyable for me to see him enjoying it more now as well. Um, and obviously Molly, it's just. She's just me when I was her age, isn't she? She just, she just really is. So that's so why I absolutely, you know, I, I love how passionate she is about it. I love that she writes all the writes things in a, a little Wednesday book and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, she's just, she's just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, this is this this isn't my Wednesday. It's your Wednesday, but I couldn't not say something about you know the match days where that I get to spend with my daughter. Um, yeah. People might not be aware that we're both teachers. We, you know, we, we, you know, we've got fairly high pressure jobs that we, we do. Um, and I know you, like me, work very hard, sort of Monday to Friday. Um, and when that that sort of that school bell goes on a Friday afternoon, my first thought is turning to Saturday and what, how I'm going to spend my day with my daughter and my, my family and my mate. Um, you know, uh, so it, it, it means a lot. That's been the thing, like, obviously, you've, you've touched on your mate there and, like, obviously, his little boy, his dad, his nephew, and just sort of seeing seeing those two kids as well um, develop a real love for the club because they absolutely love it, don't they? Um, yeah. yeah. You, you, just, you, just, you just sat listening to probably the generation before you behind, having a, having a little <laughs> wing every now and again. <laughs> um, yeah. Just in case they're listening, honestly. <laughs> They do, have, they do have a little wind every now and again, don't they? And, and yeah. you know, they're, they're minute one, minute four, minute six, minute eight. 
but yeah, but you know, and, and obviously they've got their one of them's got their almost grown up child. Um, you know, you, you're seeing the next generation falling in love with the club that you will love, just like you did. And there'll be there'll be there'll be loads of those stories as you go go around the, the sort of three sides of the home fans, and it's just yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It yeah. Really is. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, okay, uh, last couple. Um, we couldn't not mention, and I, I get away with it. We 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 are, as I've said, we're time stamping them um, <laughs> just to make sure that people know when when we've recorded. Um, I'm not going to fall foul of anything unless Dan and Ash decide not to put this out till September. Um, but even so, we we we're a couple of weeks out of, um, f- for me, probably the best two. Um, games of, of my sort of memory going all the way back to sort of 91. Um, I think the the, the the night of Peterborough was absolutely phenomenal. And then we get to 120 plus three at, uh, at Wembley. Um, for you, your experience of, of sort of the, the, the depths of 4-0 down going on, uh, winning 5-1 in Wembley, talk, talk me through that a little bit. Obviously, you, you went to the game and I didn't. Um, so I was flitting between WhatsApp as I'm watching it on TV. Put, put my old Wednesday shirt on, sat watching it. Flitting this between, is the game, by the yeah, way. Yeah. This, is, this is game one. This is game one. So I'm flitting between what's happening, you who's there, and flitting between what's happening, a couple of workmates. We're in a little three way WhatsApp group called the Owls, very original of us, I know. Um, and yeah, and one of them wasn't watching the game, he was on this works function, and he's, he's texting every two minutes going, What's going on? What is happening here? And I'm saying, well, we're not actually playing that bad. We just had a chance. We've just had a had a chance. And then his first goal goes in, second goal. And I think, to be honest, I'm texting you, and it, my, my messages got more and more abusive to the point where I think you just stopped, <laughs> stopped playing, didn't you? <laughs> you were just like mute. <laughs> yeah, because you were probably getting as wound up as I was. Um, yeah, I'd, it, my head had gone, and, and we'd said in our group when it got to two 0 we'd said in our group. If they score another, that's game over. You can forget the second leg. Anyway, they scored another two. So I was walking around the next day. I, I think I WhatsApp. I continued to WhatsApp you. Um, I think I, I think you did end up replying by the end. I think you were just replying just to shut me up by the end of the day. I can I was, feel the rage. <laughs> <laughs> I was just walking around going 4-0 and shaking my head for for 24 hours. I, don't, I, I couldn't put into words what had happened and what I'd seen. All I could just keep saying was just complete anomaly. And it, and it felt like it. It just felt like a complete anomaly. So obviously we we, we rocked up to the um, to the to the second leg. Uh, we tra- obviously travelled together, didn't we? And I knew we were onto something. I knew I was onto something when I'd guessed the program cover. When Molly had said, "What who do you think is going to be on the cover?" and I'd said, "Oh, it's going to be like I think it's going to be like a group team photo hugging in a huddle." And then it was. I was like, "Oh, maybe there is something in the air tonight." Then obviously we went into the fan zone, bumped into Andy, didn't we? And, having a chat and he said we didn't even really talk about the match did we because in for me it was almost a this is a goodbye game end of season game another second end of season game and it actually felt like that for me you know call me pessimistic if you like but I'm a bit of a realist uh little did I know but but for that reason I talked about feeling nervous earlier I probably felt less nervous for that game than I did any other game of the season um when I remember thinking feeling a bit relieved that I don't feel I remember obviously the Sunderland game last year I was mega nervous and, and, you know, towards the end of the game, I just felt so deflated. Um, and obviously, with, with everybody, I think every Wednesday I in any part of the, the Sheffield or the country even had said, if we go in 2-0, we stand a chance. 
And it just kind of just went to absolute script until obviously the, the, the own goal went in. And then it was a little bit like, oh, all that. And that's just happened. Oh, and again, the deflation. But I actually sat there and people, as, as the sort of game went on before Palmer equalised, the game's going on around me and it's getting closer and closer to final whistle. And people were leaving and I'm thinking, well, obviously I'm not going to leave, but we've done ourselves justice tonight. We, we've After the embarrassment, which is what a lot of fans probably felt, of the first leg. I don't feel that now. I feel I feel pride actually now. And then obviously when Palmer scored, everybody just went wild, didn't they? And I'd, I'd, I'll be honest, I had no idea who had scored. I think I looked down at um, Dave's nephew. He was crying his eyes out. And I thought somebody had hurt him and jumped on him. <laughs> like, you all right? It was just absolute bedlam, wasn't it? We were, what we were seeing before our eyes, I don't think any person um, could really believe what they were seeing. It was It was a bit like, Felt a little bit like payback for all the hard years. Really. <laughs> Honestly, it did. It felt like it felt like, and obviously, it was more than ninety minutes, weren't it? More than one hundred and twenty minutes with penalties, but it felt like a little bit of a. There you go. You deserve that, fans. After everything that you've that you've sort of, you know, gone through and suffered, and the disappointment of, you know, the year before not going back mm. up, the the, and everything else that's that's been disappointing over the last twenty twenty odd plus years. So, yeah, just incredible. incredible. You know, we'll never see anything like that again, I don't think, mm. ever. Yeah. And then Wentworth? Well, yeah, just, again, absolutely incredible. Um, I think I was, I was, I've been to the physio, and I was talking to him, and he's, he's, he's more of a rugby, but he knows, obviously, I'm a Wednesday fan, and we were talking, we were talking about Wembley, and, and I sort of was trying to describe the scenes when we scored, and I, I said to him, it was, it was sort of overwhelming, emotion and elation because I think every single Wednesday fan in the ground knew that is time. That is that is there's no two ways about it. It's not even just get the ball and put it in the corner. There's there's zero time left. So I think it was just one huge celebration, wasn't it? It was emotional, if I'm honest. I, I felt really, really emotional. And I think Molly for probably third time this season had gone, and Steffi, you're crying again. And and Steffi, you're crying again. And I, and I did I just I just absolutely yeah, I can't I can't put it into words. I just absolutely just yeah, it just felt like a, a, a massive sense of relief just left you. Absolutely unbelievable. Brilliant. Um, okay, um, last question. <clears throat> what are your thoughts on next season? Tough league, really. Um, you know, on paper, when you're looking at the sort of clubs, it's not a, it's no Mickey Mouse league, that one, is it now? Um, I, think, I think I read something the other day where somebody had, had said, I don't know if it was something like, Ainsworth or somebody had done an interview and said there are no small teams in that league anymore. You know they're all pretty much there's there's no there's not going to be any any easy games, any gimmies or anything like that. Is there? I don't think. The one thing that I will say is obviously we've not yet started. You know we can't really can we start the recruitment? It's, the recruitment is going to be just completely critical, isn't it? it it's all going to boil down to um, is recruitment, and I think if I'm being honest, his recruitment over the past couple of years has been. Very, very good. Um, but he's, he's going to be recruiting at a different level now, isn't he? He's going to be pitching it at the, the next level up with a view to, and then who can step up again if if the best case scenario do, does happen. Um, but he's no mug, Darren Moore. You know, he's had his critics. He's, I think I think, I think think it's fair to say that he's, he's, he's proven himself in the last couple of years. That's my view. Give me... Give me a league position. What would you be happy with? 
for the first season, playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> if we're not sick by February, more out. <laughs> no, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with promotion, of course. But uh, in terms of realistic, that's a tough question when you when you don't know who's brought in. Um, but if I'm going on the trend of recruiting well, mid-table or above, I think we'd, I think we've got to be sniffing around the, the sort of... I th- I'd want to be in with a shout of playoffs sort of as you're going into the last quarter of the season. I'd be, I'd be, I think I'd be satisfied with that um, to then go and build on. I hope that doesn't make me sound really as I'm lacking ambition. Um, but, you know, there's, there's been a bit of talk of we want to do what Sunderland have done and... I mean, wouldn't that be nice? But I think we'll know more when we see who we, who we recruits. And there's going to be some changes, isn't there? You know, Bannon's a mainstay. We're not going to be... He's, he's not going to be... How many years has he got left in him? Um, so there's, there's going to be, a, you know, a key player that's going to need replacing in the, in the, in the coming years. Hopefully not too soon, because it's class, isn't it? But, um, yeah, there's going to be some changes, isn't there? Yeah. OK. Um, Steph, um, we've survived. We've got through... <laughs> we've done a good 43 minutes yeah. there um, and it's the first time we've actually sat down and had a conversation with each other about football in this sort of situation isn't it where we've, we've just shat, yeah. sat and shot the breeze sort of thing yeah. um, thank you thank you very much um, really appreciate you taking the time out, out, out your day to sit and talk to your big brother um, and you haven't shown <laughs> me up too much um, no. if you are listening to this and you or you're watching it on YouTube um we're always happy to, to, to get people interacting with us. Uh, comments, likes, retweets are all appreciated. Um, if you want to uh, get involved with the My Wednesday uh, sort of podcast, drop us a line, uh, slide into the DMs, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll set something up over the summer. We're going to continue to do these over the summer months, so um, hopefully we'll get more content out there for, for everybody just so that they can get their, um, their steady Wednesday week fix. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Thank you very much for listening and um, we'll see you soon. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.